All right, the Olympics are over, and that means the NHL's break for the Olympics is almost over after uh, nearly three weeks without NHL hockey. We'll get it back this week, and the Rangers are back this week, Thursday night at MSG to open up uh, their next portion of the season here. They got the Blackhawks Thursday, and then over the weekend, the Flyers and the Bruins as they uh, head into the home stretch, try to you know jockey for playoff seating here, and hopefully don't end up in one of those wild card spots to face the Penguins or the Bruins in the first round. And uh, joining me here today to talk about the NHL as we get back in the swing of things is uh, Brian Monzo from WFAN, the producer for Mike Zahn, Francesa on the fan. Monzo, how's it going today? It's going outstanding. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm sure you're doing a lot better now that the Olympics are over because of you know all the people who love the Olympics. I think you're the one person who is very anti-Olympics all along. Yeah, well, I, you know, look, the games are exciting. You know, I'll be the first one to admit it, but... Talk to an Islander fan about that right now, and you know losing John Tavares the rest of the season, or having to you know not have as if you're a Ranger fan Matt Zuccarello for five or six games. It's just not, in my opinion, worth it. Uh, as a selfish, I guess, hockey fan, Ranger fan, New York uh, Ranger, NHL fan, but games are exciting. You know, I, I will never take that away from them. I, I was, you know, and I do cheer for USA, uh, but to me, it's still the, the stupidest thing in the world to have the NHL players in the Olympics in the middle of the season. Well, you were the big proponent against it because of injuries, and you told me all along you don't want to have to worry about Rangers getting hurt or someone going knee-on-knee, someone getting injured, and then that's what happens. Matt Zuccarello breaks his hand. He'll miss a few games, the Rangers' leading scorer. Um, and in a worse situation, you've got Tavares now out with the MCL. But for me, I mean, injuries are going to happen, and they could have happened if the NHL you know, had been playing over these last three weeks. You don't know that guys wouldn't have gotten hurt in different ways in those games. I just think that injuries aside, the Olympics is great. It's great for the game. Uh, you always talk about how Gary Bettman tries wow. to leak every wow. last... How is, it, how, is it, how is it great for the game? It's great for the game because there's very rare that you get moments like this. It's every four years you get playoff hockey. Every single game of the Olympics has that atmosphere to it. You're seeing the best players from the United States, the best players from Canada, you know, the five superpowers there along with Russia, Finland, and Sweden. And it's just something, you know, out of the ordinary that you don't get. And I understand the, the idea that, you know, it's not good for the NHL because business-wise they shut down for three weeks or guys getting injured. Uh, but for the NHL as a whole, for a league that you constantly talk about, you know, tries to force feed you this crap of 20 outdoor games a year and game center subscriptions and all this this is their best infomercial the best marketing tool they have and i think that you know it helps people care more about hockey when this occurs every four years it's not like it's happening every february but every four years i don't see how people are against it it's not going to help the ratings no people who watch the olympics aren't going to tune into a jet stars game next week i just don't see how it helps the game i understand that the casual fan gets to see players like T.J. Ochi and Jamie Benn. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, what, what did that do? I mean, it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It really <laughs> really bothers me. Well, so, so I'm guessing that you don't want the players going back in 2018 to South Korea. No, what I would prefer, and look, I, I love the games. I, I, like I said, I watched, you know, what the United States got eliminated, I, couldn't, I really couldn't care less. I didn't watch any of the bronze medal games. Or any of the gold medal games. If they were, if this was something they're going to continue, and I'm assuming they are because players, just, you know, for some reason really are into it, I, you know, I understand national pride, but I mean, but, uh, you know, I wish it was something they could turn to do in a summer Olympic game, and it just doesn't seem like that's ever going to happen, so we'll be having the same debate in uh, 2014, or whatever the hell, 2018. 
<laughs> well, I, I think the thing is, if you don't send the NHL players and you don't have you know the best possible or what the front office of uh, USA Hockey thinks is the best possible roster, then you're going to have basically the World Juniors a second time every time the Olympics happens. And then the World Juniors will actually get ratings because nobody watches the actual World Juniors. But then you'd no. have, but uh, but even aside from that, you'd have the best World Junior because the best players from U.S. and Canada are in the NHL. So you'd be having these guys go against these other countries where now it would sort of flip flop who's the power, who which teams are you know the powers because the teams with the guys who don't play in the NHL they play in either KHL or the Swedish Elite League. Those guys will still be going to the games. Look, I understand the nostalgia of it. I know that people like it. I know the players like it. Uh, to me, it's just a bad thing for the NHL players. The NHL is what these players get paid by. You know, I mean, this is like Henrik Lundqvist's job is to play for the New York Rangers. If he goes and plays for Sweden, which he does, and he always plays well, and tears out his knee, it's a disservice to the Rangers and the Ranger fans. That's my point. You know, yes, an injury could happen in a Ranger game, but, you know, it, it didn't. It happened, you know, the, look, at, look at John Zavaris. Yeah, he could have torn his ACL or MCL in an under game. He did it. He, he did it in a pointless Olympic hockey game playing for a team he's not getting paid by. I mean, it's just, I, I, it's very frustrating. And I feel, you know, very few times but I feel for Islander fans. I feel for Islander fans <laughs> in that situation. Well, I'm sure uh, our, our friend Mike Carver wasn't happy about it. No, of course not. And, you know, rightfully so. Well, I, I do oh, see your point on that. And, 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 and look, the Garth Snow thing, like, Garth Snow was right and wrong for what he said. You know, he was saying that he was annoyed that, Tavares got hurt. He wasn't even playing for them, but he was also being a little, uh, you know, he was mad about Poso uh, getting the snob off USA. You can't have it both ways. So his, his argument's a little silly, but, you know, it's frustrating to lose. The other bad thing is you're not going to lose. If somebody goes over there and gets hurt, you're not going to lose play on your fourth line. Sending your best players over. So, you know, it wasn't like Matt Martin got hurt. It was John Tavares for the Islanders. That's a, that's a devastating loss. I mean, they only draw 45 people as it is. Now it's going to be like 50. <laughs> well, if Garth Snow is against the games, then I'm guessing Glenn Sather is too because of what happened to Zuccarello. And I'd have to think that the entire time the games were going on, that Sather was holding his breath, hoping that nothing happened to Ryan Callahan as an important piece to this Rangers team if they go forward and they extend him, or an important trade piece uh, if they decide to move him here before the deadline in the next couple weeks. And right now it seems like Ryan Callahan is not going to be a New York Ranger for the entire season. Yeah, from what I can gather, and I tried to gather up some information, is that you know the Rangers are actively pursuing trying to move him. Uh, and I know a lot of Ranger fans don't like that. And hey, I'm a Ryan Callahan guy. I think he's a, he's a great player. He does a lot of the intangibles that... A lot of players don't want to do block shots, sacrifice his body, play defense, score the occasional goal. He's not a big-time goal scorer. He's a 20-plus goal scorer, but he's never going to lead the league in scoring or goals. One of the, the perks of being a player is you get to become a free agent, and he's going to want a ton of money, uh, and somebody's going to give it to him, and it's not going to be the Rangers. And they, It appears though they've made that decision. They're not going to give him what his contract demands are, which is the reported six or seven years for Six and a half, seven million dollars, which is a huge contract for a player that could any game shatter an ankle with a blocked shot. And the Rangers have reportedly offered him to Tampa Bay for Martin St. Louis, who does stay here in his offseason up in Connecticut. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, and they've probably and they've, they've looked around in other teams to see what's out there. So it's looking more and more, like you said, that Ryan Callahan, uh, unless he miraculously comes off the contract demands, it 
those much lower will be dealt with the trade deadline on March 5th. Before we get into the idea that he could get traded for St. Louis, what would be, I mean, I don't know if you have any names or anything, but what would be other options or other or other names uh, aside from just draft picks getting back for him? I mean, you would think if the Rangers are asking Tampa Bay for Martin St. Louis, who's basically the face of that franchise minus Steven Santos, you know, they're going to be looking for some substantial players. Most of the times when one of these players are traded, they're called rental players because their contract expired at the end of the year. You get a couple prospects, a couple draft picks, and you hope that turns into something. But it looks like the Rangers, who are in position to do some damage in the playoffs, they're getting hot for the right time. God knows if it's moronic to be break on the play. But uh, losing Ryan Callahan would be a tough loss, so they'll need to bring back something that can contribute this year. So I would think they want players that can play on the active roster. That's why something like Mark Tenson would be makes sense. Or, you know, you hear teams like Boston may be interested, Buffalo may be interested. I've heard St. Louis, I've heard Detroit, you know, so, I mean, look, you look up in Boston, a guy like Brad Marchand is a, is a gritty player. I don't know if he's someone that would be moved. Um, but, you know, someone like that who could immediately come to your team and contribute would be something ideal for Ryan Gallagher. There seems to be a split uh, amongst people, which there's always going to be when um, a trade of this magnitude, a trade that involves the captain of the team, uh, what people consider the heart and soul of the team, a homegrown player, and no fan in any sport of any team ever wants to get rid of homegrown talent. But when it comes to a trade that involves getting rid of Ryan Callahan for Martin St. Louis, who you know at age 38 is better than Ryan Callahan's ever been in his entire career, and just to have him for the rest of this season and next season um, get some production, get some scoring, uh, give the Rangers a better chance to win, it just seems like a no-brainer if that's really on the table. To me, the, I don't want to say moronic or uneducated, but the not-too-bright Ranger fan would seem to think that, oh, no, I'm trading a you know 29-year-old guy for a 39-year-old guy. You know, that's got to be an awful deal, despite his production. But the fact is, Martin St. Louis keeps himself in ridiculous shape. He trains as hard as anybody in the league. I mean, yeah, he is 38, going to be 39, I believe, in June. Body's probably in the shape of a 32-year-old. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he plays until he's 42 years old, you know, and if Yager can do it, I can't imagine Yager keeps himself in the same kind of shape as San Luis. You know, the San Luis can definitely do it. It's just a matter, you know, it's just a matter if he wants to play, you know, for that much longer. But, look, he led the league in scoring last year at the age of 37. I know he's playing with Stamkos, but he's still a productive player. He skates as good as anybody. He's a great passer. He can help on the power play, obviously. Look, I'm, I'm spitting out some of the most obvious things about him, but that's the kind of player the Rangers can use as an immediate distance maker. And, yeah, look at what else can happen with this deal. He's signed for next year. Maybe you can sign him in exchange after that for another year, maybe two. And it gives you the freedom to try and sign Dan Girardi back, one of your players, one of your favorite players. That's something the Rangers want to do. They want to bring back Dan Girardi. They see him as someone they can get for $5 million, $5.5 million for a first-pairing defenseman. He's played better as of late, and I think that's the Rangers' priority. I think when you look at the Rangers in their current state, their two biggest problems are one, their defense isn't as good as people have made it out to be over the last few years because of how good Henrik Lundqvist is, but that's not something that you're going to fix overnight, and you certainly can't fix it with one person. And the other thing is the problem that they've had since pretty much, you know, since Yager and Nylander and Strzokin, those guys left, uh, you know, what was that, five, six years ago, is scoring goals consistently, and... St. Louis instantly fixes that problem. That that's a problem that you could fix by getting one guy. He'd make you know he'd make those top two lines more balanced. He'd make the power play better. Um, and I just think that they're a better team with him on it than Ryan Callahan. I don't know how how much it will actually affect his play, but 
you know, Stan Louis had some, you know, he played with Fred Richards a long time ago. So maybe he can, you know, Fred Richards actually had a pretty good year despite everybody's expectations of him. He's been pretty good. Maybe playing with Marquez Stan Louis will make him even better. But it's just still a rumor thing. We don't know what's actually going to happen. But you're going to tell me that the Rangers can get Marquez Stan Louis for Ryan Callahan. They immediately get better. They immediately go to the Stanley Cup contender conversation. And to me, it's, I don't want to say it's an instant fix. Nothing's ever an instant fix. And I disagree with you in one aspect. You know, the Rangers have been scoring a lot more goals the second half of the season. Um, you know, since Nash got healthy. I don't think he was ever healthy when he got back. Uh, Ryder's been good. Defense has been scoring some goals. So I don't think goal scoring is essentially a huge issue. But San Luis would be a big help. And, uh, you know, I'm all for that deal, much like you are. It seems like you always get these deals right. I mean, I go back to when we first started doing these podcasts and you thought the Rangers had to have Brad Richards. You thought they'd get him through free agency. They did get him. Um, you thought with the Nash deal, now you wanted Nash just like I did when they had the option of trading Chris Kreider in that deal uh, at the 2012 deadline. They didn't get him, and you thought that you know it would fall through. Um, they did eventually, obviously, get him that July. Uh, so you seem to you know always have these things pretty much on on tap. Do you think that Callahan definitely gets moved? And do you th- and what's the chance that St. Louis comes here? I mean. Done to my head, I, I am pretty sure that unless he changes his contract demands, Brian Callahan will be traded. It seems as though it's something that the Rangers have their mindset to. He can come tomorrow if he, if he reduces his contract. Like I said, I mentioned to you earlier, five years, $25 million. If he comes in with something like that, then I think there's a chance, you know, then the Rangers would obviously try to sign him, and, you know, we don't have to talk about this anymore. But it seems like he's got the agent in his ear. He sees a chance to cash in, and that's his right. You know, that's what happens when you're a player. It is a business. Everybody will tell you it's a business. And it is. Um, <clears throat> unless that happens, uh, I think he's going to definitely get traded. Uh, as far as the San Luis thing, but the Rangers' interest in San Luis is evidently out there, and it's pretty public, and the Rangers want to add Marquette San Luis. And there's speculation, I don't, I can't confirm this, that Marquette San Luis is not exactly happy in today because possibly the whole Olympic thing with Stevie Eiserman not officially bringing him onto the team to bring him over there and not even playing him. But he may want to get out of there. Who knows? That could be pure fabrication. So, and he, like I told you, he has that, that he's got a place in Connecticut where he stays in the summer. His family's up here, so maybe, you know, all these older players always want to be closer to their family. So, so that could have something to do with it. Now, we does have a no-trade clause, so we'd have to accept any trade. Uh, I'd go 50-50 on it going for San Luis. I just don't, you know, I don't know how keen the Lightning are to trading somebody who's basically the face of that franchise. But as far as Callahan, I'd be, at this point, I'd be shocked if he wasn't. When it comes to Dan Girardi, who's the other name here, who either seems like he's going to get extended or he's going to get traded as well. Um, and he's sort of, I guess with the injuries to Mark Stahl these past couple of years, uh, he's been sort of the face of the defense, and that's not necessarily a good thing with the way he's played uh, going back to the postseason last year. But uh, it seems more likely that the Rangers are more inclined to, to meet his demands or at least come close enough that he'll stay with the Rangers. So when it comes to Dan Girardi, do you think he's gone? And uh, if so, um, you know, what are the options for him? Where could he go, end up? And uh, if not, what what would it take for the, him to come down from for the Rangers to meet it? I think that the Rangers have already made up their mind on who they want to keep, and it's Dan Girardi. 
So I think even if they don't come to a contract extension for the deadline, they'll hang on to them and try and make that happen. You know, maybe even let them go to free agency and then try and sign them. But I'd be, Dan Girardi's the guy that I'd be surprised if he was not extended. And it seems as though his demands are $5.5 million um, from all reports. And that's not brutal. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not going to, you know, kill the Rangers. So that's one I'm, o- I'm okay with. And, you know, look, uh, he's not been awesome. He's been consistent. He plays 82 games. He blocks a ton of shots. You know, he's a good pairing. <clears throat> he's not an offensive guy, but he, he could, you know, he puts up some points. You know, he's solid. He's not great. He's solid. And he's very, you know, he's been on the team for a long time. The Rangers trust him. The front office trusts him. Um, so I think they value him. I'd be shocked if you. I would actually be very surprised if they trade him for the deadline, even without a contract. So if Girardi comes back, uh, you know, with with the way the team's going right now, um, let's say Callahan is on the Rangers because he still is as of now, and he probably will be uh, for Thursday's game against Chicago. Um, at 67 points, second in the Metropolitan with Philly right behind them, and they've got Philly on Saturday. Uh, when you look at the way they were playing before the break, um, aside from that one letdown game against the Oilers, they seemed, you know, you, you alluded to it earlier about their scoring, how it has improved um, since players have gotten healthier. It seems like they're a deeper team than they've been in the past. They almost have a Boston type feel to them where they're getting secondary scoring. They're getting, you know, they're not just relying on Nash or Richards or people like that to produce, but they're getting uh, other options, other guys involved in the mix. And that goes to show with Zuccarello being the leading scorer. So, you know, how worried are you about this team going down the stretch here with, uh, what is it, 23 games left to play? Um, how worried are you about their state and uh, making the playoffs? Well, if they, if they come out and, you know, starting on Thursday, playing like they did before the Olympic break, I have absolutely no concerns. Now, you know, there's always a little bit of concern that, you know, the goalie played in the Olympics, six games, so I'd expect to see early on here a little bit of Cam Talbot right out of the gate. You know, maybe maybe Talbot played two of the first three games in some capacity. Uh, let Lundqvist get his timing back, you know, get back to the NHL mode. And look, the Rangers are only going to be as good as Henrik Lundqvist is, doesn't matter how many goals you score. And I think that uh, Ranger fans should be pretty confident that Lundqvist is going to be good. This is normally when the Rangers play their best hockey. It's down the stretch. They've, you know, there's been a couple of years where they needed to win games and they have down the stretch to make the playoffs. And that's hopefully not something they have to do this year. Hopefully they'll uh, put up a spot early on, but I'm really not concerned about the Rangers getting into the playoffs. What I'm concerned about or am interested in is how they play in the playoffs with a new coach, a new system. You know, normally in the playoffs, things tighten up. There's not a lot of goal scoring. Um, and in the years past, that was the Rangers' issue in season. Everyone always talks about you know, how, and, and you're included in this, how great Glenn Sather is uh, when it comes to trades, even though, you know, his tenure with the Rangers hasn't exactly been, um, you know, anything to write home about. But, it seems like everyone's waiting for him to to fleece someone the way he did with the Blue Jackets with this Callahan deal. And and to me, this is one of Sailor's biggest deals he's had to make, maybe the biggest he's had to make so far as, as a general manager of the Rangers over the last 14 years because of who Callahan is, how long he's been with the team, the fact that he is the captain, uh, where the Rangers are in the standings if this thing were to go south after they get rid of him. Do you agree that this is right now the most significant move that Sailor's had to make during his entire time with the Rangers? That's a good question. Then Rick Nash trade was a pretty big one. He had, you know, he had to make that trade. I mean, right now, I mean, it'll be up there. But the problem here with, with Sather, and I don't know how he's going to play it, you know, because he is, in my opinion, he makes great trades. He always, you know, he has a plan and he sticks to it. I mean, look, he could have caved and traded Chris Kreider. And look, well, you and I were both okay with that at the time. I think we're both pretty 
happy that didn't happen. But, however, if that did happen, maybe that Eastern Conference Finals goes the other way. No, that's fair. That's fair. But here's the issue right now is he normally has the leverage. And I'm not sure he does right now because he has a player that he's probably not going to resign. And, you know, some team might look at him as a rental player. So, well, normally he could just wait it out and say, hey, this is what we're offering, take it or leave it, and just wait till the team takes it. Now, I'm not sure he's in that position this time. So I'm sure he has a plan. I, I'm sure he knows how he's going to go about it. But at this time, he, you know, most of the teams that are, you know, the teams that are interested in Callahan, you know, have the leverage on him. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out and who's going to be the team that bites or the team that wants to pay the most for a guy, you know, that can make or break their season. Um, I'm pretty sure Callahan, I mean, I, I would really be surprised if, Whoever he gets traded to, uh, he signs with before the free agency period starts. I think it's pretty evident that Callahan's going to go to free agency. So, I mean, yeah, it's a big trade for Sather. It's probably the biggest, but it's going to be probably the most complex for him. He's prob- uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure he's going to get what he's hoping for just because of Callahan's contract situation. So, it's going to be a hard one. It's going to be it's going to be hard for him. It's going to be hard for the fans. Callahan was a Homegrown player became the captain. He's a fan favorite, you know. But it's just, you know, and Ryan Callahan be the first one to say it, it's business, and that's what it is. Here. It seems like the Rangers are at this stage right now, with given their roster, given the the salary cap situation, with some players that we always talk about not wasting any more years of Henrik Lundqvist's prime, but it seems like they're at this spot right now where they can either, you know, go on to have an extended playoff run, um, sort of like what they did two years ago, or they're just going to fall back, and, and they're sort of right in the middle of the pack now where they could be a first-round exit, a second-round exit team, but they also could either drop way out of the mix or, you know, keep it going to an Eastern Conference Finals appearance type thing. And it's I think that's the most uneasy and unsettling thing about this team right now is really you don't know what to expect from them and if it does go south and you have these huge cap hits with Nash and Richards um, it, it just seems like things could spiral out of control here and it seems like it all starts with this trade I think that's the thing that worries me the most is that if this does for some reason send the Rangers into a downward spiral if they get rid of their captain um, I just feel like it would take a few years to get to get back from that well here, here's my feeling and I don't know if it's the talent thing with the Rangers or if it's the coach you know really making an impact on the team I felt since Beginning of the season, and if you remember, you know they went through a stage early on where they're getting blown out by the Ducks. You know it was ugly early on in the season, and then Nash got hurt. And, it, and then once they kind of came back to, you know, they, they started on the road for a while. Once they came back and they they started playing, you know, at home and, and not doing as much traveling, you know, they started playing better. And I, I, I talked to a lot of people, and we were saying that you know this team was close. You know they're close to being very good. Now you can see that there were there were there were times where. You know, they'd struggle, but they were close. They, you know, things were happening, but it's not in their favor. And, you know, 15, 20 games before the, the Olympic break happened, things were happening in their favor. So they were really getting there, and I'm feeling pretty confident that, you know, going into the break, they were becoming the team that a lot of people thought they should be. So I'm not so sure that one of those horrific, you know, end-of-season 5-20 and 20 runs is going to be in them because I think they've established themselves as a good team. So I'm not worried about them having a bad drop like that. I'm just concerned with how far they can go and, you know, staying healthy. That's why I think the Zuccarello injury is a bad one because he completed a line. You know, like you said, the scoring was spread out. They had a pretty solid system, and he completed one of those lines that was contributing. So that's why that's a bad loss for the team. So I'm not concerned with them falling back and doing, you know, becoming a out of the playoff team. What I'm concerned about is them being as consistent as they were 
going into the Olympic break. All right, Mazza. Well, we got Chicago on Thursday um, at MSG, then the Rangers go to Philly on Saturday. They've got Boston home on Sunday, and then Toronto home here um, in New York on Wednesday. So four games right out of the gate that are pretty challenging opponents, um, but it doesn't get really much easier for them here with these final 23 games. So we'll have to keep on it, uh, keep with the podcast, uh, you know, maybe weekly, maybe biweekly from now to the end of the season, and uh, hopefully things stay tall and stay the way they were before the break. Hey, no, my, my, my feeling is that for the opponents, it's not an easy schedule for them playing the Rangers now. So, you know, it, it goes both ways. I like your optimism. Uh, I'm feeling, look, I'm confident. I, I don't know what's going to happen after the break. That's why I think the break is stupid. But, <laughs> you know, if the Rangers play like they were, you know, without Tugarello, it's going to be a little more difficult. If they play like they were going to the break, I think they're going to be a force. Look, I don't trust the Penguins. I don't, you know, a lot. I, I, the Bruins are the team in the East that scare me the most. Uh, not, I agree. Not- I agree. Just because of how deep they are and the style of play, you know, they're not. Pittsburgh, you know, you can you can sort of uh, play into them, play the way the Bruins did against them last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. But the Bruins, you know, they don't really back down from anyone. Right. And they're, they're you know, they roll out four lines. They got a good goalie. They're tough. They're hard hitting. So that's the team that, you know, to me, is the Rangers biggest threat to potentially go to a Stanley Cup final. You know, so the, I, I think that if the, I don't want to score like a bold prediction, prediction <laughs> if the Rangers play like they were going into the Olympic break, I think they're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, or at least going to, you know, coming out of the East. You that's know, like that's a Mark, that's like a Mark Messier prediction right there. Well, no, because I don't know, I don't think, I don't, I think all the big, you know, hard-hitting teams in the West are better than any team in the East. So the Rangers could go to the finals. And get you know swept by you know get destroyed by the Blackhawks or the Ducks like they're not even there. So I don't know if they're a Stanley Cup contender, but I definitely think they're a top contender to come out of the East. And, you know that's why uh, you know that's why I hated the break, and that's why this Callahan trade, like you said, it, it is an important one because I think they have to bring back somebody that can help this year, not just a couple of prospects and picks that'll help in a couple of years. All right, Mazel, I love your optimism, and uh, the next time we talk, I hope that you still have this optimism. And I hope things are going the right way. I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not optimistic that's going to happen, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, Mazda, thanks again. I'll see you later.